What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the Frown Room Podcast. Uh, I figured I'd do a little intro for this one. In this episode, Doug and I are going to dive into our personal history, how we got into metal, all that stuff. We're going to have a good time. We're going to share some fun old internet stories and uh, reminisce uh, throughout. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. You know, last week's episode, you know, the plan was got changed a little bit. You know, things, you know, the idea for the show evolved a little bit, but... Uh, we're really excited to be doing this and hope you're enjoying it. Anyway, I'm going to kick off the cool uh, rocking intro music for you now. So uh, enjoy. To the second episode of the show um hopefully uh you know as of recording this i haven't made an intro yet but i will now that i know what the show is going to be about so uh maybe last week i alluded to what the show was going to be about but then i changed my mind i decided i just wanted to do a show where me and my friend doug talk about metal and that's what we're going to do so um yeah i've got my friend doug here hey there and uh we're going to talk a little bit just about our history you know, how we became friends, and a lot of the stuff we like. We're just kind of going to play it easy today. This will be, I guess, an intro episode for everybody so they can kind of uh, get to know who we are. So, Get yeah. our philosophy down. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll let Doug, Doug, I'll see, I'll let, I'll let you tell your side of the story. All right, well, you know, as you know, I'm Doug. As if, if, if you couldn't tell from the last episode, uh, I... Uh, Gosh, where do you start? I was born in Minnesota, uh, freezing freezing plains. I, I suppose that uh, the environment being somewhat similar to Scandinavia gives you a natural proclivity towards uh, metal music. <laughs> most most people in Minnesota are Swedish too, so I don't know if that if that had any effect. But uh, if, let's fast forward. Um, I mean, if you want to if you want to talk about how I first got into metal music. It was a, this is a weird story, but uh, my family was a host family for a uh, Chilean foreign exchange student. Uh, his name was Juan Pablo, but we called him Wanchi for short. If he's still out there, uh, hi there. Haven't seen him in a while. Anyways, uh, he he was into the Napster thing and all those those uh, file sharing platforms. This was about 2012, 2000, or 2000, 2002, 2003. Uh, so so there was a lot of MP3s he he had he had downloaded, um, and it was mostly Linkin Park, Blink 182, uh, some Iron Maiden and Pantera, uh, some Rob Zombie stuff as well. Uh, and that, uh, hearing a lot of that stuff for the first time was just, it was a, it was definitely something really cool for me. Um, but I would say it went back before that, you know, what got me into it was, was probably seeing, I, I, I associated a lot of, uh, cooler movies that I liked from the time with, with that kind of style of music. Uh, when I first saw the movie The Matrix, when I was, I want to say it was in 2001, so I was still pretty young. Uh, there was there was some kind of hard rock music in the soundtrack for that movie, and I was a I was a big fan of that one growing up. So you know, Rob Zombie's Dracula was a a big one uh, in my formative years, I suppose. But I, I think that's that's uh, how it was for a lot of people, you know, Linkin Park and Rob Zombie at first. But one of the things that first really uh, set me set me on a, a greater journey was hearing Pantera for the first time. Uh, that was around around that time as well. It was amongst the MP3s that had been downloaded uh, onto the computer. Uh, FBI, I wasn't the one who did. It, in case you're listening. Um, anyways, the uh, and and and. I think as a result, 
with with Pantera and Iron Maiden kind of being the starting point for me, uh, you know, aside from Linkin Park, of course, uh, that that really drove me towards uh, what I'd say groove oriented uh, kind of metal music and uh, the, like a, the very melodic sound. Uh, so a lot of power metal kind of sounding stuff with Iron Maiden because um, they were they were sort of the the band that really set the stage for for you know bands like halloween and whatnot that came afterwards um but with groups like lincoln park i would say that also kind of set the stage because they had a bit of an electronic industrial element to them too and weirdly enough a lot of the music that i listened to before metal music was mixtapes that my cousin had given me and he was he's into all kinds of like uh, mushrooms and and uh, dmt and stuff so he listened to a lot of electronic music um he he sat me down one day and uh said doug the the album come on my selector by square pusher syncs up perfectly to the movie 2001 a space odyssey and he tried to put it on at full blast from his home sound system while he put the film on and I don't think it really was true. I I have my doubts after after that experience, but so so there was a, there was a proclivity towards electronic music there as well that was sort of set in motion in those early days as well, and so I I think to this day, it still really remains the case where where I like like very melodic sounding stuff stuff with like a really kind of groovy sound, be it metal or otherwise, and then stuff with with a bit of a kind of an electronic edge to it um so uh uh i would say another another kind of formative thing for me was uh, uh like harsher stuff started when i first heard i so i you know i i grew up when when uh headbangers ball was on tv on mtv you know back when mtv played music so it was on saturdays uh about yeah, you can tell how old I am. I'm 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 uh, kind of kind of uh, exposing myself here. <laughs> um, but uh, there were there were a lot of bands that I first heard on that that really shaped what I what I got into afterwards. So that was I'd say about 2004. Or so um, uh, so so a few of the first real songs that that really caught my attention when I when I watched Headbangers Ball. When I first saw it on, it was on Saturday nights. Um, it 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 was uh, Mastodon with their their song Blood and Thunder, uh, Between the Barrett and Me, uh, with the song Alaska. I think that was 2005 though. Um, there was Nevermore actually was it was another early one. Uh, I, although that was, that was because of, I don't believe I saw them on MTV at first, but there was, there was a few other things, uh, that, that they would play. And, and, uh, it was, it was right as I was kind of getting into it. Uh, I would say weirdly enough, um, a couple bands that don't even exist anymore, like three inches of blood got on there. Um, a lot of a lot of metalcore stuff in that day, so Kill Switch Engage as well. But uh, I I would say as far as like progressive music, if if because that that kind of came a lot later for me, uh, I I got into it. I would say maybe it started with Mastodon, but a lot of it a lot of it kind of came more more I would say like 2012 or so. So way down the line. Oh yeah, when it was because I remember just to interject a little bit here, because um, I remember, and this will get this will kind of maybe lead into to my story a little bit. I remember du- when Doug and I first started being friends. He was not into progressive metal at all, and really any progressive music. Um, and um, but but I was so um, my musical journey kind of begins with a bunch of different stuff not necessarily metal like the first bands i ever liked were like stuff my mom was listening to like my mom listened to a lot of dave matthews band and so eventually i got into listening to dave matthews dave matthews band and you know all that stuff that goes along with that but um i um eventually as i was as i got older i guess i was in middle school i must have been in 
I think I was in eighth grade. It was like the beginning of eighth grade. And I had a friend who used to be a mutual friend of Doug and I, um, who was really into metal. And, um, I list, I wanted, I was kind of curious, um, because I wanted, I guess I wanted maybe something to, uh, maybe help me endear myself to this friend. I don't know, but I was really curious because, you know, I only had like a few bands I listened to. Like I listened to Dave Matthews and Hugh Lewis and the news and Chicago. And I liked rush and I liked, um, well, Rush were important formative band in heavy metal music, arguably. Yeah, true, very true. And so, yeah, that was kind of where my taste was going. You know, I had just gotten into Rush like that year. I remember listening to like um, Permanent Waves and Signals and Moving Pictures. I remember I even went to a Barnes and Noble and bought like a seven dollar copy of uh, Moving Pictures that was in this like shitty little uh, flap open. CD case. It was really dumpy looking, but um, you also know you're old because you were buying CDs at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, well, I was uh, I was at the tail end <laughs> of this. Like I said, this was when I was in middle school. Right. Three or four years later, you couldn't do that anymore. But right, um, right. Yeah, so I just asked this friend, you know, hey, you know, I might want to get into metal. You know, give me some stuff that I might like. And so he showed me a few things, and I remember one band in particular stuck out to me in this like group of songs well there were two bands one of them was a band called persuader who was like a who's like a power metal band kind of like a but a a little bit more of a like a thrashy power metal band and their album i believe it was evolution purgatory was like the first metal album i listened to i don't really listen to it much anymore in fact really other than like the first couple of first couple of years i was in the metal i haven't listened to it but the band that i was listening to back then that he showed me that was kind of part of that list of recommendations um, was a band called Scar Symmetry. And I really liked their song Mind Machine, which was one he showed me. So I checked out the albums uh, Pitch Black Progress and Holographic Universe. And I just really fell in love with that music. Like I didn't think I would ever like music that had like harsh vocals or growl vocals or death metal style vocals. But I was really, I really fell in love with the singer of that band, Christian Alvestam. Mostly because his vocals maybe reminded me of like the pop music I heard on the radio as a kid. Like his vocals have like a very, almost like a, like a Justin Timberlake in sync kind of style. I know that might sound like rep- it's it's a it <laughs> a controversial that thing would, to say. <laughs> I know, yeah, that sound, that probably sounds really like um, maybe repulsive to some metal listeners but it is the truth i mean his it is it is his vocals yeah. are very like um they're very smooth they're very there's no rough edges to them they're almost robotic in a way that i really liked and i that his style that style's always stuck with me so that album holographic universe i must have listened to a hundred times like the first semester of middle school and then i started getting into the more progressive stuff so i liked rush and i was like well you know if i like rush people tell me i should listen to dream theater and dream theater was really Dream Theater and Scar Symmetry were like the first two metal bands I really fell in love with. And everything I've kind of gotten into since them has kind of been like an effort to find things that are like those two bands, I suppose. Because nowadays, the stuff I like is like um, prog metal, like Haken, and I like, you know, this band called Anubis Gate. And there's um, all kind of stuff like that that I like. And I like a lot of the Genty stuff, like the band After the Burial, um, who I kind of like... I kind of, yeah, I kind of liken them to um, kind of like that Scar Symmetry vibe, even though they're more, they don't have this clean vocals, but they have the heavy, they have similar similar kind of instrumental styles, I guess you could say. Um, and then I eventually got into stuff like, uh, I got into more metalcore stuff, like As I Lay Dying and Kill Switch Engage and all that stuff, you know, that metalcore stuff started coming later and um, it kind of snowballed pretty much after my friend... Um, showed me this stuff and I started falling in love with some of these bands. It, it it really like became an obsession for me and it was for a couple of years. And this kind of leads us to uh, where Doug and I met finally. Uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was on this uh, forum site that this mutual friend had created. Um, and uh, this, this, this mutual friend of ours had a, had a YouTube channel that uh, it's weird. A friend of mine, uh, at the time from school had showed me I made these videos on YouTube I'm not gonna get into that uh, but basically because we were I was I was a fan of the work I decided oh, I'll, I'll join the forum site and and uh, say hi to these people um, and 
and uh, I noticed it. What was really weird, I I think one of the things that I liked about the videos is that they used a lot of the music that I already already gotten into at the time. You know, like Scar Symmetry and um, uh, Iron Maiden and 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 a lot of other a lot of other metal stuff in those videos. Um, and so I thought, oh, this these people probably have a lot of similar music tastes to me. So I I uh, went on in and uh, joined and and uh, pretty much right off the bat we we all started talking about a lot of that music. Um, yeah, I remember we all hit it up. We all hit it off because there was a there was a there was a music section on the board there yep. that I think I was uh, I think I might have mo- been the moderator for, or at least I was. I think I was just a moderator in general, but that area was like the one where I hung out. And this forum, it wasn't very big. Like we probably had at the most like 20 people on it, you know, at any given time. If that, maybe we had 20 users in total. But like, I remember there were a bunch of threads um, for like, you know, like react to the song the poster above posted or like, you know, oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. or uh, top 10 threads the top 10 threads got a lot of mileage back in the day i remember there were a lot of arguments about those that was the heyday of the top 10 list (laughs) but it took a while for us to really like uh start to chat outside of the boards because we would talk a little bit on the boards but it wasn't until around um march i remember because uh well, I was in middle school, like I said, and I was going through some, you know, middle school drama, and I decided in my infinite wisdom to post about it on the boards, and Doug replied, um, trying to give me some of his, I guess you would have been like, what, 21 at the time? No, I was I was 20 at the time, 20 to 21, yeah. Yeah, so I think I was maybe 15 at the time, maybe not even 15, I might have been, I might have been 14 at the time, and so like... Doug was like, look, kid, I'm an adult. I'm going to tell you what to do <laughs> or something like that. It wasn't very good advice, I don't it think. It probably was not. So I added Doug on Skype and immediately, I think the, I still remember the first conversation we had. We just talked about all the music we liked. Um, you showed me bands like that. I had never, you showed me like, I guess my, 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 the metal I was into then it was like, it was like this, not the tip of the iceberg, but it was like maybe, you know, if you're going to do an iceberg meme, it was like the, the second tier down, you know, and Doug was, Doug was on like the third and fourth tiers. And so he started showing me bands like Nile and uh, like black metal bands. And uh, I think, I think one of the big ones though, that I think, uh, that I remember being one of the first I showed, I showed everyone was uh, Anubis Gate actually. Yes. And uh, they have gone on to be one of my favorite bands of all time, and I know they were one of yours, Doug. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd consider them uh, one of my top ten favorites, if not, if not up there, is one of the top five. Um, for me, Anubis Gate was, I would say, my first foray into more progressive music, actually. But what's interesting with Anubis Gate was that there was sort of a merging point with their particular style of music uh, between. Uh, you know, progressive uh, metal music and and more like power metal, uh, just m- general melodic metal kind of music, uh, especially especially in their earlier work, uh, it was much more leaning towards I would say like a power metal kind of sound, um, and so it it they were kind of a kind of my first time really getting into anything with it with i i would suppose uh, scar symmetry's holographic universe was had some progressive leanings as well but i think at the time i was more into them because it was the the melodic death metal kind of sound but anubis gate what's interesting is a lot of their instrumentation carries some of the trappings of like melodic death metal in the and the sound and then the the vocal work is very reminiscent of uh like power metal music uh, and then they and then they have like some light kind of uh, like dream theater proggy kind of touches on there uh, in albums like Andromeda and Chained especially. And so it was a, it was a very nice uh, kind of common ground for a lot of the, a lot of people's tastes to intersect. So I, I remember uh, posting that one and, and sort of sharing it with everyone uh, at the time. And, and that kind of being one that it was like, Oh, Hey, kind of, kind of brought people together yeah i remember specifically really liking the um album the detached at the time because you showed me that oh, one yeah. and um yeah i just like the i've always been a fan i've always really leaned toward melodic music even especially in metal 
Um, mm. Right now, you know, my favorite stuff is like, you know, Devin Townsend or like I said, Haken, you know, that stuff, stuff that has a very melodic component, you know, and I like a lot and outside of metal, I like a lot of, you know, just straight up melodic rock, like Breaking Benjamin mm. or like even like pop punk bands like Rise Against. I've always just like music that I could kind of like, I guess having that melodic element has always really helped me like emotionally latch on to something. Um, even if maybe the lyrical content isn't exactly sentimental, but uh, Anubis Gate <laughs> right. has always kind of filled that, has always really kind of bridged that gap, I think, because I'm not really a big fan of power metal, but I really do like that Anubis Gate style, and I think their music has like a little bit more, a little bit more going for it. But more of an edge. Absolutely. Um, their guitar parts are always really heavy, very proggy, um, and uh Formerly Jacob, Han- it was Jacob Hansen at the time when I was listening to him, but now it's H- right. uh, Hen- Henrik, Henrik Fevre. Henrik Fevre, um, yeah. But um, Jacob Hansen's vocals really, you know, really struck a chord with me at the time because he had this like wail to his voice. You know, I had been listening to James Labrie a lot and I've always kind of like, you know, I feel like Dream Theater fans kind of like, kind of only like tacitly enjoy James Labrie's vocals and I but I liked his vocals and I felt like I think yeah I think there are members of G- of Dream Theater that don't really like James Labrie's vocals I guess former members with like Mike Portnoy yeah <laughs> yes ex-members but um yeah no I feel like Jacob Hansen's vocals to me at that time were like the next level so that really struck a chord with me but I also do remember you showing me the band Nile and the band Flesh God Apocalypse, and I also really liked the heaviness, you know, because I was also listening to stuff like Strapping Young Lad at the time, um, like I was listening to City and Alien all the time, and so that music was like the next level of that, and so that kind of, that really struck a chord with me. Yeah, pretty much all the stuff you showed me pretty much showed, introduced me, I guess, more broadly to the world of, of like metal music, because the stuff this um, this friend of ours had been showing me was more like kind of the not necessarily surface level stuff because it would it was beyond stuff like you know disturbed or slipknot which is stuff i liked at the time anyway but it was more like it was kind of like the well as you were saying the tier yeah it was like the middle tier and the stuff you were showing me was like more like niche and so that really i was really interested in that and um we really hit we you and i we we hit it off um we hit it off um pretty well but um (laughs) there was there was this is something I want to talk about because I think it's funny, but I, there was not, we were not yeah. without our share of drama, you know, throughout this period. Oh, absolutely. I think that, that whole forum had a, had a bit of a, an issue with drama, but I, uh, I was not nearly as mature as I thought I was. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say that. It certainly didn't help that I was, you know, in middle and high school at this time. So I was also very impressionable. So I kind of just like, if people were like, you know, fighting, I just figured that's what we, what you're supposed to do. You know, you just fight with people. Right. And and everyone, I at the time for me it was it was, you know I have to I have to assert my my opinion as 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 the most informed and the and the most uh, valid one in the group and and uh, no one else can challenge it kind of uh, in 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 my attitude. You were kind of right. I mean, we definitely like I think we definitely allowed a space for you to act that way. It was kind of because you know we were just me and this other friend and. The three of us kind of, and the, some of the other people that were around, you know, like there were a couple other friends of ours who we're still friends with who were kind of part of this, but we all were like, oh yeah, Doug, tell me about this. We kind of would like gather around. We would have Skype calls. Like we had a, there was a <laughs> Skype group for the forum, which had like, it, it might've been like six or seven people in it. Like the, the, the people who posted right. all the time. And whenever Doug came on, it was like, all right, gather around, around you know, the shaman is going to tell us a story, you know? <laughs> And you would tell us, you told us a lot. I remember you told us a lot of crazy stories about your life, which I won't share, but <laughs> yeah, those are, some of those are pretty private. And you would, uh, you would, uh, we would have like long phone conversations, you know, it was like, it was really, um, there was a lot of, you know, discussion about this stuff. And, um, but it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was a pretty kind of fun time, I guess, looking back at it, yeah. even though there was a lot of drama, a lot of drama. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that was definitely an issue. Um, I don't, I don't want to get too much into it, but one of the, one of the points of contention obviously was, uh, I, uh, I, I, for some reason or another, I could barely, I couldn't tell you the reason, but I, I had a, I guess I could tell you the reason, but it's pretty arbitrary, but, uh, I had a, I had a burning hatred of, of, prog music um and a lot of that 
it's weird because I, I like listening to some bands with proggy tendencies, uh, but I I had always said, uh, you know, that that kind of stuff is pretentious. You know, it's it's these snobby uh, um, music school nerds who who think because they can play in a non-standard time signature that they're just automatically making the best music ever or uh, uh just just some stuff or it's like oh it's it's endless uh guitar wankery or or noodling which that is i will say i'm not i'm not defending myself here but uh, you know there's a common attitude in a lot of uh strata of the the metal community where uh that kind of attitude you know the oh technical wankery uh, is is uh kind of dismissed offhand uh, and so a lot of progressive music kind of gets uh just kind of written off right away by by certain circles um and you realize uh, you know the kind of kind of fans that occupy those circles you know eventually you kind of look back and you realize oh those aren't really people you want to associate with anyways <laughs> yeah i remember i remember the prog thing um but there was uh there was there was there was um another one i remember was uh was when at first I didn't really like black metal. <laughs> Remember? Oh yes, I didn't that like was a black metal. Contention. But um, it's funny you showed me stuff that I ended up liking, but the stuff you showed me I wouldn't call like black metal now. You know, like right. It's it's interesting that I was I I was like oh yeah I'm getting into this black metal stuff at the time, but most of what I I like out of the genre is what most black metal elitists frankly call poser metal anyways you know like i i liked i like the, the weirdly enough you know i like the progier uh enslaved uh with one of the one of the big black metal albums i really liked was uh, axioma ethica odini which uh despite despite my railing against progressive music uh had a lot of proggy leanings to it um there was Rotting Christ, who, I mean, they're practically a melodic death metal band. They they barely come off as black metal. Uh, there's Moon Sorrow, who are closer to like a folk metal group. Yeah, I remember Moon Sorrow was the big one for me. They were the ones that really like turned my head a little bit. I was really listening to them a ton then. Yeah, and they make these 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 really cool. Uh, atmospheric compositions uh but they're the black metal element of their music is somewhat um less important to the to the sound i suppose yeah you know it's Um, it's it's more like um part of the whole picture you know it's not like it's not the whole picture it's just a part of it it's just one color Right, they're they're this very melodic, very very folky band. Especially the album, I of course uh, that I was listening to at the time was Varjoina Kulje Mekulaiden Basa. I don't know if I pronounced that right. <laughs> I give Finnish. you points for trying. I I just would have said the green one from 2011. <laughs> right, the 2011 album, and that that album was uh, it was it was sort of this big folky uh, concept record. Uh, uh, very very melodic and if there's one thing a lot of hardcore black metal fans hate it's things that sound too melodic or cleanly produced <laughs> anything that has a clear production value i suppose i know i'm yeah. gonna get flack for that well you know i just remember listening to that one and it kind of made me think because i think my problem with black metal was mostly the the vocal style it was not to my taste for whatever reason at the time and um, hearing some of that stuff really helped convince me that maybe it's, you know, worth. There's some good stuff in the genre for sure. Yeah, and now there's a lot of um, there's a lot of black metal, even like tr- traditional like black metal that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there's, there's definitely some great stuff in the traditional style. Me, me knocking the uh, elitists for not liking clear sounding production isn't a knock against the genre i think i think there's definitely some great stuff um even even from like the the classic artists of the genre that is is definitely good not really something i find myself listening to these days um incidentally you know after all these years 
where are we now? I, I feel like I'm listening to more proggy stuff than ever. Yeah. Um, I remember the, uh, the prog thing. Well, that was something I was like, cause you were, it wasn't just you. Like, I feel like I was the only one at the time that liked a lot of the proggy stuff. Cause this other friend of ours was, was not into that stuff either. And, um, some of our other friends, like I had this, we have another friend who listens to some metal stuff and some electronic music. And even he was kind of not into dream theater either. So like, uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, at this point in time, you know, dream theater is a band where, you know, they had their place, I guess, in my listening at the time, but maybe I don't enjoy them as much as I used to. Um, I'll still but, spin images and words and awake and uh, I'd say uh, six degrees of inner turbulence and uh, scenes from a memory. I think those are great albums. Yeah, pretty but. much for me, their 90s and early 2000s records are, are the are the end all kind of be all of that type of prog yeah. metal. And really, it's like I, I suppose I will say this, though, uh, Octavarium's a bit of a guilty pleasure. I don't know if I'd call it a guilty pleasure, but. No. Yeah, that one doesn't need to be a guilty pleasure. I think Not most Dream all. Theater fans would agree with you. I mean, yeah. pretty much every album they've put out in the last, pretty much every album they've put out has been fine. I mean, even yeah. the ones I don't like, like The Astonishing or, you know, something like Black Clouds or Silver Linings still has kind of like a merit to it and has some yeah. some things, you know, you can enjoy in it. There's There's definitely some stuff I like in Black Clouds and Silver Linings. Uh, it's just... When I'm looking for prog metal now, I, I'm looking for something that is is more trying to innovate a little or, or trying to do trying to do something beyond that, you know, because um, like a lot of the appeal I get from an album like that, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like like a prog record. It, it, it almost feels more like a power metal album or something in a way where it's it's just fun, kind of melodic songs. I remember one other thing that we um, we also kind of talked about a lot. I remember I would go through phases back then where I would like get into different styles of metal. I don't know if you remember this, but I would like. Uh, I recall. Yeah. I had like a thrash phase where all I wanted to listen yeah. to was thrash, and then I remember there was there was my like my doom phase. You remember that? Yep. I remember that. That was that was such a funny time. I was listening to like I really just became obsessed with like, and I kind of am still to this day with like the funeral doom stuff and like <laughs> the music the sort of the totality of that music and like the, the extreme, the extreme slow nature, the extreme like long nature of that music was really kind of, um, I don't know. Something was very, um, attractive about it at the time and, and right. still. Um, but I do remember like there was a kind of a, a period where I was listening to a lot of that stuff that had like that bleak sound, you know? Yeah. I have to be in the right mood for doom metal these days, but there's, there's a definitely a, an appeal to it. Um, as you said, it's it's that that massive uh, sound uh, that that has this this immersive quality to it. I think you know it was it was getting exposed to doom metal that that actually helped me get into a lot of post rock as well as well later on because um, there there's such a focus on having that that really engrossing set of sound. So so you could say it, uh, it helped it helped. I imagine for you as well. Uh, getting into stuff like Godspeed You Black Emperor, uh, where it's very much that that sound that just immerses you and 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 feels very grandiose in its in its sc- scope. And sort of that like um, lengthiness, you know, a lot of these bands have very long songs, and this is something I'm kind of obsessed with, kind of in an ongoing sense when it comes to music, but music that requires a lot a big time commitment to listen to you know music that um music that stretches on beyond you know the half hour mark or so like that stuff really kind of intrigues me now and you you could maybe say that that was sort of the seed of it you know or the seed of it if you will yeah something something where it's just so immersive and so grandiose in its scope that that you have to let yourself get lost in it uh, has it had definitely has a certain appeal to it i i uh and and metal it it is rare outside of doom for metal to do that but there are a couple non-doom uh related metal songs that i think are worth noting because some of it some of it helped me open up a bit more to prog uh so a good example would be like edge of sanity's crimson uh 
when I first heard that, that was sort of right when I was starting to to get a bit more into it, um, or at least the idea of of like prog music, uh, which is weird because I I hated Opeth at the time. I thought I thought they were same as Dream Theater, but after hearing it was it was listening to that record, I guess my frame of mind kind of changed about it. But uh, where where the record was designed to feel like this huge sci-fi journey, and I I guess you know when when you've always I've always sort of been into sci-fi, so it's kind of weird that I wasn't into prog because prog prog rock <laughs> is oftentimes organized around sci-fi concept records, you know. Um, but uh, I guess it it changed my frame of reference for for the style. Um, there was there were some other bands where. Like Anubis Gate, I'd already listened to them, but having listened to more prog music, I think kind of changed my frame of reference around that band, interestingly enough. And in a way, I think it helped me appreciate them more as a result, where kind of broadening my horizons made me look at some of the stuff they did in their music with a bit of a different perspective and and kind of appreciate it more, um, which is which is cool, you know, when when going outside of your comfort zone can help you appreciate the stuff you already like that much more. It's the same with like when I, when I listened to more progressive music and then I went back and listened to uh, like holographic universe again, you, you start hearing some cool stuff that they did that you might not have picked up on before. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, definitely, definitely. One thing I, I, I think I want to, I kind of want to talk about is uh, so that year. I remember while we're kind of on the topic of the nostalgia surrounding that period um, when, when you and I were sort of becoming friends, the um, that year 2011 was, I mean, that was really the only, that's really been the only year that I really seriously was like following new metal releases. And um, I remember that year was like a, or really like a watermark, watermark, watershed year kind of for me. Um, and I feel like I remember being inundated with so many like great new records by bands that I was just starting to like, like it was, it was like I would find a new band um, and it would be like, Oh yeah, they're putting out a new album this year. Like Anubis gate was that way. They put an album out that year. Flesh God apocalypse was that way. Um, um, there was like tons of stuff that came out that year. Scar, I think Scar Symmetry put out an album in 2011. So it was like, I believe so. I wasn't it dark matter dimensions. No, it was Unseen Empire. Unseen Empire, okay. Yeah, Dark Matter Dimensions was 2009, wasn't it? Yeah, so like, I just remember you, me, and this friend of ours, we were just like talking about the, the how like hot that year was. But that was yeah. also the year of like some of the biggest, like most awful metal albums ever released. <laughs> and 2011 is a year that will go down in infamy in some, some circles. Um, Metallica's Lulu... Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Queen's Rikes, uh, dedicated to chaos. Uh, I remember Threat Signal self-titled was a bit of a stinker for us that year. Yeah, because we were into that band Threat Signal a uh, little bit at least. I know I was. Yeah, and I was. Their new record just like disappointed me. It was. It was very dull. I, I feel like there were some other records in 2011 that were quite bad. Um, I'm there trying was a Morbid to Angel album that was really bad. Oh yeah, Illude Divinum Insanus. That one was horrible. I was never terribly into Morbid Angel to begin with, but um, th- that one was especially bad. I guess, and it's weird because it incorporated some like industrial elements, and you know I like electronic music plenty, but it was just so sloppily incorporated that it it. it it wasn't because because there there are plenty of extreme metal bands that incorporate industrial sounds and do it really well. Uh, Anal Nathrak being a great example of that. Yeah, just I I I'll be honest, I really didn't hear that one, but I did hear a lot of bad press about it. One thing we used to do on that that we used to have like a blog part portion of that website where we would do music reviews. Remember? Ah, uh, yes, it was the prototype for what we are doing now. Pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you think about it. Uh, and I remember you did a review of Lulu after you listened to it, and you said you listened to the whole thing, and you just, like, it was really scathing. But it was also, like, I feel like if we read it now, it would be, like, really, like, shallow, you know? As most of my opinions were back then as well, so. Right. 
I, I think I think I, I said a lot in that review without actually saying a whole lot. <laughs> I remember you were just talking about like the last song on that album and how it like made you have like a mental breakdown or something. <laughs> I, I think my 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 ethos for reviewing was uh, try to be like uh the angry video game nerd or or some internet critic that yells at things because that was that was sort of the popular thing of the yeah totally. of the time yeah i was i was totally into that stuff back then as well i just remember my reviews were being were like really proselytizing like i was always trying to convince people that the music i liked was like that they had a moral obligation to listen to it you know oh yeah oh yeah no i definitely definitely took that that mentality myself with how I reviewed things, especially with the general mentality I had about things back then. So, but it was, you know, there, there's a lot of embarrassing things about that period, but I look back at it with a lot of fondness, but, um, we, you and I, we actually went through a period of many years, probably two or three years where we didn't talk at all for right. one reason or another, you know, there's no, a bit it's, of a, it's a whole, out. yeah, there's a lot of drama related drama with this uh, mutual friend. Yeah. yeah we, not, we won't, not worth we, talking about. We won't get into it, but, um, yeah, eventually, um, you know, I kind of grew up a little and uh, I, I had, had to some... do a bit of growing up of my own as well, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. I, um, I did a little bit, you know, it took me a few years. I think I was about, I think I was, I actually just graduated high school. So it was like, it was like 2015 or whenever. And I was kind of, uh, you know, y- you had been in the back of my mind for a while. I'd been like, you know, I've been starting to think maybe I was wrong, you know, to like, you know, force that kind of like falling out. And I figured, you know, I'll go talk to Doug, see what's happening. Besides, you know, I'm starting to listen to a little bit of, me- and I had taken a, and I, this, this also coincided with a bit of a hiatus from listening to a lot of metal for a long time. Um, kind of after the 2011, 2012 period, most of my listening kind of returned to like, sort of the lighter things I liked like Dave Matthews band or like I was listening to a lot more like, like pop punk music. Like I had said before, um, more like just like alternative rock stuff. But I started creeping back into the metal thing again. And I, I was, I was thinking, you know, maybe I should uh, reach out to this, this, this Doug fellow and see how he's doing. And pretty much we immediately just started talking about metal again. (laughs) Yeah. That's just sort of how it, how it turned out. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and I found after, after we started talking again, I, I just decided to, to, well, you know, I, I'd sort of expanded my horizons, but I, I really decided to start branching out at that point. Cause I, I, I guess I was just so much more interested in learning, you know, what, what have I been missing out on because I had this sort of uh, close minded attitude about things at that time. So, I would say at that at that point, I, I kind of went in the other direction where I was looking for a lot of like proggy stuff. Actually, um, I remember I think I think a big like game changer for me was actually hearing Tesseract's Altered State back in 2013. That one that one also really helped change my perspective on things. Because um, I, I mean that's such a wild album, but it's 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 got it's got that that meshiga style syncopated riffing going on but it's it's so uh melodic in its sound and it's so it's such a a, a beautiful album um yeah i think i listened to that one i think it was i think i definitely listened to that one a little bit before um, we became friends again because I remember it was, um, I had a, uh, I always had like a death core metal core streak in me and that kind of bled that kind of like eventually like bled into like gent. Right. And that kind of style, that proggy style. Yeah. And, and that, and that's sort of been assimilated into the greater, that greater style as well. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of those bands, are, they're they're almost it's almost kind of like the same thing now you almost it's all like the same style essentially right like metalcore right. has basically become like it's been the, subsumed into into uh well you know it's it's more just prog metal now yeah, <laughs> in the greater all, scene 
bands like after the burial and right uh, stuff like that you know the contortionist is a a good example periphery 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 is kind of the big one yeah um but uh that's uh that was uh so so yeah i remember when we started talking again it was like oh yeah here's some new stuff like i remember i'm trying to remember what some of the bands that were you that you showed me um yeah i'm 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 trying to think like what Are, what right off the bat. I remember one of them was Sky Harbor, which is another one of these. Uh, yeah, yes, like proggy, genty bands. They That's were a good their vocalist was, uh, for the album at the time uh, was Daniel Tompkins, who yeah. was a singer of Tesseract, but not on the Altered States album. So not on Altered confused. States though. That's the one album where he was not doing vocal. But he's been on every album before and since, which is it's like where'd you go? Why'd you leave? Maybe it was to do Sky Harbor. Maybe I could maybe I could Google search that and find it out, but I won't do it. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of started bonding all of that uh, over that stuff we liked again, and it was kind of like a, you know, we were listening to Opeth, that kind of stuff. I was trying to get into Between the Buried and Me a little bit more. Like we were just kind of digging back. It was a nice sort of nostalgia romp, and then pretty much ever since then, um, w- barring a couple periods, you know, we've pretty much remained. I mean, we've we obviously we've been friends since then, but you know, we can kind of pretty much continue to you know talk about metal pretty often there i go through some period i go through some periods where i'm maybe less interested in metal and perhaps uh maybe i also had a period like doug where i was very uh uh maybe a little highfalutin with my opinions about things and i ended up turning on metal a little bit but in the past couple years especially last year and especially this year i've really been you know just kind of embracing that style of music again and right realizing that you know there was a reason i liked that yeah. music so much yes. it's 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 there's just certain things about it where um it it has a kind of energy to it and it's it's got a kind of uh i suppose emotional catharsis and and sound that that is definitely unique to the genre um yeah no i think um like if I want to think about some of the stuff I really like, like stuff like Strapping Young Lad or Scar Symmetry or some of the metalcore stuff I really like, like As I Lay Dying or Silent Civilian or God Forbid or Shadows Fall, that music is really like, there's a, there's a, it's not like, you know, it's not really angsty or angry music. Well, it is kind of angry music, but it's very like, it doesn't ever feel like, you know, weird or, or cheesy or, or like, you know, it feels very genuine. A lot of that stuff to me and that energy, the energy combined, like a lot of these bands kind of like have, I guess if you looked at all the metal bands, I really like, or most of them you'd hear, you'd see a lot of common trends, like, you know, melodic vocals and certain types of riffs. And I, you know, that, that sound really resonates with me a lot. Yeah. I, and and, uh, there's definitely a, a lot of metal that is very cheesy though. Um, and a lot of that's why I like a lot of it, to be honest. Like I, 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 I have sort of uh, just a just a a love for for kind of cheesy stuff, um, and and I I think there's definitely an appeal in that, like with a with a sword and sorcery themed power metal music, um, with all the all the cheese you get out of those those records. It's just. Uh, kind of fun to listen to kind of uplifting if i'm feeling down um it's it's just silly but i think i think it's it's also like kind of the same appeal i imagine for a lot of people uh like of uh, pop music that you can really just sing along to easily and have some fun with um but uh, yeah I, I i i'm always sort of open to new new sort of uh experiences in the genre now a lot more um and 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 there were you know there used to be a time for sure when there were certain subgenres i just would not ever want to listen to but i found in every subgenre there were there are bands i like that do something interesting um, and I found that it's not the style so much as the artist performing it and what they do with the style that is more meaningful nowadays. Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, 
it tends to be the stuff I like tends to rise above the stylistic trappings, you know, usually of its, uh, like, you know, even a band that I like, like after the burial, who, who does kind of adhere to that, that type of, you know, progressive metalcore style has their own kind of sound and they're very distinct from other bands. They, I mean, they have ways. some, they have some parts where, uh, you know, when I, when I listen to, uh, their album, um, sorry, whatchamacallit, In Dreams, uh, when I, when I listen to their album, um, well, pretty much any of their albums, but, uh, I was, I was listening to their album Wolves Within today as well. And, and when I listen to, uh, like there's a song off of that, that album called Virga and, and the, the lead guitar harmony part on that is so reminiscent of something you'd hear in like an in flames or a, or a, uh, like a, like an insomnium or omnium gatherum kind of song where it's this just this uh really melodic guitar line um where where the band the band has the sort of tropes of of that other genre in uh, in droves you know uh and it it kind of ties back to that universal appeal of the really melodic metal music i think um like I pretty much feel that way too. Like I mean, if I think about like I said, in dreams or wolves within, those albums are like they really satisfy that need for something that's really melodic and kind of like um I guess really easily accessible. Um, which is not to say that I don't like some stuff that's really like inaccessible. Right. Between um, the Bear to Me is one of my favorite bands, <laughs> and they are very inaccessible. <laughs> pretty crazy in ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I I think they generally tend to stick with more standard song structures. Um, you know, pretty pretty easily easy to get into riffs. They've got a lot of just good groove to their music. A lot of like melodic elements to it as well. After the burial, I mean, in between the burial, me was one of the bands that uh, you showed me kind of early on. I remember. Uh... There was a lot of ado made made of of those bands at the time too in our circles. Mostly because like there was a maybe a, maybe an <laughs> this is another thing where it goes back to like our silly mindset, but there was like an anti metalcore like deathcore sentiment, and like any time we found um, any time we found a good a good band that like fell into that category, we were like, oh yeah, here's one of the good ones. Like if we, like when we found Born of Osiris, the discovery, we were like, oh yeah, this is one of the good ones. But then, you know, of course, I realized that I liked a lot of the stuff that you guys would not consider, like, the good ones. Like, I started listening to bands like Oceano and Whitechapel, and I was like, yes, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. But, um... Between the Barry to me, though, um, they were sort of uh, doubly so with with the, uh... Oh, they are one of the good ones of, of, uh... Or that sort of mentality, because they were very progressive, as well as being, you know, metalcore kind of sound. Um, which, which... You'd think with my attitudes back then, that would be the thing I would hate the most. But uh, I think I think a lot of it came back to they were them being one of the first bands that really got me into the genre, and I just I had already had that connection with the music, and I always really liked it. Um, I I don't really remember other people's attitudes about the band at the time, but it's just sort of something that I've always really enjoyed and. Well, I remember I liked them quite a bit. They've always been one of those bands where I don't listen to them a lot, like continuously, but whenever I listen to them, I listen to like a couple of their albums and I really like get into them in terms of like, I really enjoy them, but I won't like, I might, my listening, I might listen to them for like one or two weeks a year, you know? Right. Yeah. But, and, and that is the thing between the bear to me, uh, they're one of my favorites, but I find there are points where, like I have to take a break from listening to them because their music is is very dense and very chaotic, and uh, you you have you have trouble sticking you know following it sometimes. And so sometimes I just need to put something simple on, you know, some something with a a four four. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely <laughs> simple simple melodic progression, you know. Yeah. I remember another feature of uh, 
you know, those old days was kind of, and I remember this was an artist who put out an album in 2011 as well, or was it 2010? I think it was 2000. I'm pretty sure it was 2011. But uh, we start. We were listening big to I mean, a lot of Devin Towns and stuff. You know, I've already mentioned Strapping on Lead several times, but I remember his solo material and his Devin Townsend project albums were hugely important for me back then. Especially the albums Addicted and Ocean Machine, um, and maybe I think I might have also listened to Infinity around that time. Just a lot of great stuff that I just really dug it, dug back then, and I just didn't listen to for many years again until recently. I've been obsessed with his music lately, but like, well, and and it's interesting because same. Um, lately, your I've noticed with your uh, going back to Devin Townsend, you're finding a lot of stuff about the music that you didn't even really necessarily notice beforehand when you first listened to it, and your musical journey so to speak and learning a lot more about the technical aspect of music has really helped you kind of go in and it seems appreciate a lot of aspects of his music even more um from what i can tell yeah i think his music the re probably the reason um you know there's a lot of personal reasons but i think his music kind of satisfies a certain maybe emotional need that I've been looking for. Right. And is also interesting on a technical level, you know, right. like he's, he's he got a great balance style. Yeah. You know, he's got that production style that's so unique and he's got a certain way of playing guitar and writing songs that I think is very unique for, for, for metal. Um, Cause there's a lot of things I hear in his music that I don't hear anywhere else in metal. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Not necessarily to the detriment of the entire genre, but there's like really, he really approaches songwriting differently than anybody, uh, you know, I know of in the metal world, I would say. And, you know, that's not like a value judgment, but that's just kind of is what it is, you know? Right. And um, yeah, his music has been pretty, um, oh yeah, for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm a, I'm a musician song. I'm kind of a songwriter. I mainly play the saxophone. I play jazz, but I have recently been going back and em- embracing my rock and metal roots. I bought a guitar this summer, and so I've been writing music that sounds like Devin Townsend. So that's kind of why I started talking about him and listening to him so much. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, it's interesting how. I think for a long time, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but for a long time I was trying to, maybe I felt like I needed to like put the past behind me or like run away from like the music I used to listen to, which i.e. which was a lot of metal stuff. Yeah. But, um, I think, I don't know, recently the last couple of years I've just tried to go back to it, you know, and I felt like it's, it's kind of helped me figure out my place in life a little bit more now. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, one thing I've, I've read about, um, with psychological profiles that have been done on metal fans is is apparently there is oftentimes like a uh, with with a lot of fans there's sort of a need to to belong or or oftentimes there's sort of a an element of of um like a need for catharsis in their life or or there's some sort of trauma or or not belonging socially that um is sort of associated with with people being in the style and and i find that that's one thing that that kind of comes back to or i kind of come back to the with the genre is is there's sort of there's a things may be rough there may be a bad time in the world but there's almost this uh understanding that no matter how bad you have it there's someone else out there who's going through what you're going through and it's almost like a shared experience in that that sort of anger that you experience with the music or the energy that you might experience with the music um and it it just sort of sort of lifts your spirits up i suppose uh it's a it's an emotional release in a way um and there's also something to be said you know i i i've i've been to quite a few concerts and there's something to be said about the the element of community at at concerts where every there's there's so much uh collective energy at a show you know in the in the mosh pits and in the um just in the crowd you know singing along with the songs or 
or or uh, moving around, uh, everyone being just so uh, uh, outwardly excited about something. It's it's a kind of uh, it's a kind of un unhinged, uh, uninhibited energy that you just don't get in regular everyday life that that element of of going over the top of of that extra level of energy that extra um that extra layer of of just really laying your emotions bare uh is just it's a very satisfying thing especially in um i think in a modern life where more and more you're expected to sort of uh, keep your emotions under wraps and and where every interaction uh, you know has become increasingly uh, commodified or public uh, you know with social media with with all these different things uh, every action I suppose is a bit under under a bit more scrutiny so it's a lot of a lot more I, I suppose like extreme expressions of emotion tend to be uh, looked down upon, and in a circ in an, a circumstance like that, is just such a it's such a welcome thing, I suppose. Such a uh, it's such a relief, you know, from the daily grind and the daily expectations of life and all that. So, and yeah, especially now with you know the world being the way it is with the whole you know quarantine coronavirus right. pandemic thing and you know sort of being stuck at home all the time you know it's led to a lot of it's, i know for me it's led to a lot of like reflection and i've kind of like yeah. you know had to evaluate the things that are important you know and i think a lot of people have and right you know i've realized that uh i was telling you this you know when we were taking a break earlier but um i uh i listened to the song detox by Tra strapping young lad the other right. day and i was thinking man, I fucking love this music right. and I'm tired of pretending I don't, you right. know, it's like just wanting to just, you know, being able to kind of own that feeling is nice. Yeah. I, I think when a lot of people, a lot of people growing up, there's, there's always sort of an embarrassment about, Oh, what I, what I listened to as a teenager. Uh, the, you know, this is the, this is the crap I listened to back then. Oh, this, this, this angsty stuff. I can't be associated with that because, you know, it, I would come off as immature or what are, are simple minded or, or whatever. I have to listen to more mature music now or something, which is really such a silly thing. Um, especially when you consider, I mean, most people's music tastes are kind of decided by what they listen to in their teen years. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, what's the point of getting getting so um you know caught up in a knot over something like that it's it's so it's so silly you know being feeling like you need to justify the shit you do in your free time like who who, who cares you know yeah um i find that the older i've gotten the more i've just kind of wanted to embrace you know, the music I, I just like in general, right. you know, which is everything from stuff like, you know, obviously all the metal we've been talking about, but even stuff like which, and some of my favorite music is stuff like the music of Frank Zappa or more esoteric music, like the music of Morton Feldman and stuff like that, you know, modern classical stuff. But I also really just sometimes just want to listen to fucking Breaking Benjamin, yeah. you know, like, Everything has its place right. for me, and I I try to see more the utility of all the music I listen to, and not just say. I think when I was younger, I tried to like make try too hard to like make sense of the things I liked, and said, "Oh yeah, I have to like this because you know this is like I have to like only this because this is like you know what my niche is." But that's not really true. Right. I find now that I think more along the lines of. You know, all these other things are part of my part of the whole, you know, web, you know, of all the things. There's a there's a quote from the song Earth Day by Devin Townsend. Uh, he says, uh, after all, we're just talking meat and music. Well, it's just entertainment, folks. It's just entertainment, folks. Doug, I think this has been a great chat. I think this is uh, I think this is uh, 
think we're we 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 got we got something in the tank here. I think um, you know next week we've got some stuff planned. He and I we've discussed some different ideas we want to do. We want to do we got an idea for you know a couple different episodes. We got some retrospectives coming up. We got some other you know not new album reviews but older album reviews. We've got some cool concepts for shows. Yeah, we're gonna put this. We're gonna try to do every week. Um, you know, maybe in the future, you know, if we ever start a Patreon or something, we'll do two episodes a week. But uh, right now, we're gonna try to do one a week, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Doug, where can they? Where can people find you? Uh, find me at DougalVerseDraws dot uh, Instagram dot com. I uh, post illustrations there. Uh, you can find me at DougalVerseDraws Twitter. I have not posted there in a while, but I promise I'll start doing that more. You can find me uh, Banks P Daniels on Instagram, um, banksdanielsmusic.bandcamp.com. My music's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, anywhere you can find music you like. Check out, um, I have a Twitter also, at Banks P. Daniels. Uh, check out, um, this is not me, but check out uh, uh, JBJ Music, music with two U's at bandcamp.com. There's some cool stuff on there. It's pretty funny. Uh <laughs>